Welcome to the Chronically Living and How to Make the Most of It podcast. I'm Kelsey Harris, a chronic pain warrior, here to inspire hope and strength to the Spoonie community. Get ready to lift each other up and find ways to live the best life possible. Welcome to the show this week, everyone. Today, we're going to talk about self-acceptance and illness acceptance because for chronic illness warriors, um, as you probably know, these really go hand in hand. Um, So let's start off with the basics. What is self-acceptance? So self-acceptance is exactly as it sounds. Uh, It's accepting yourself and loving yourself as you are right now at this very moment, both the positive and negative aspects of who you are. Because let's let's face it, there's not just positive aspects. We all have things about us that aren't great as well as things that are absolutely fabulous. Self-acceptance is totally unconditional as well. Um, We all make mistakes, but not everything we do is defining of who we are. So you might do something that's out of character, um, but that doesn't mean that that is now who you are. Or you might do something repeatedly that isn't the greatest thing, but that doesn't mean that's just who you are either. Self-acceptance doesn't mean you don't ever want to change. Or I guess more accurately, it doesn't mean you never want to grow. What it means is that you can look in the mirror and you can embrace who you are both inside and out. So why is self-acceptance important for our mental health? We're going to start with mental health instead of physical health. So why is it important for our mental health? So first, self-acceptance can actually do things like protect us from negative things that happen in our lives. So things like breakups, uh, trauma, and yeah, probably even a diagnosis of a chronic illness is easier to deal with if we are practicing self-acceptance regularly. Uh, Research are showing that low levels of self-acceptance, so people who don't really have much um, self-acceptance, those are related to poor mental health, while the higher levels are related to positive mental health. So if you want to have good mental health, you need to start with very basic self-acceptance. I've been there. I've definitely had lower levels of self-acceptance before. Um, and that has definitely been tied to, um, different aspects of mental health that haven't been great. However, um, you know, the more, what I found is that the more I practice unconditional self-acceptance, the better I have felt emotionally and the more prepared I have been to deal with different aspects of my life that aren't as great. Um, so things like roommate issues in the past or, uh, friendship troubles, uh, stress at work, um, things to do with my illness. So all of that is made, made, has been much easier since I've practiced self-acceptance regularly. So s- starting with self-acceptance has also been really important in my own personal growth process. Um, and it, it honestly is related to change and growth for many people. So basically what I'm saying is you have to start with self-love and self-acceptance and then you can kind of move on from there. So, I mean, this is the Chronically Living podcast. So how is self-acceptance, uh, why is it um, important for our physical health? 
So from a research perspective, again, um, it relates to, uh, it seems that low self-acceptance is actually affects our heart rates in that it is, um, they're not, they don't change as much as they're supposed to. Um, and it increases stress. And of course, we all know that stress can lead to uh, a myriad of things such, um, such as more pain, um, it can lead to more symptoms, especially if you have a chronic illness. So, you know, low self-acceptance isn't really a great thing if we have a chronic illness. Um, tied to self-acceptance in this kind of physical health realm is illness acceptance. So I'm going to give you my perspective on this. As I see it, if we can accept ourselves, we can accept the things that happen to us much more easily like chronic illness. That doesn't mean that as soon as we are diagnosed with something, we just automatically accept our new circumstances and that's it. Most people go through the stages of grief to some extent. And uh, what is that final stage of grief? It's acceptance. So much like self-acceptance, illness acceptance has us realize um, that this is what it, it this is what it is, um, and constantly being upset by it isn't really helping our physical or our mental health. And then again, like self acceptance, this doesn't mean we need to just sit back and let everything happen as it happens. We can make changes, um, be it with our healthcare team or practices, how we practice self love our diet, or really whatever else we need to do in order to improve our overall well-being. Because really, the better we do in every aspect of our lives, um, it happens when when our well-being is improved. So we're going to take it back to some psychology, uh, intro to psychology stuff here. So we're going to talk about Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Abraham Maslow was a psychologist who lived from um, 1908 to 1970. Uh, so don't feel embarrassed if you haven't heard of him before. Um, there are definitely way more famous psychologists, um, like, you know, a guy named Freud, I think. <laughs> However, um, if you've taken any intro to, uh, introductory university level psychology course, or, or I don't know if it's in the, like, the actual intro to psych, but maybe... You know, subsequent course, um, you've probably heard of his, his name come up because he is one of the more famous um, psychologists because of this hierarchy of needs, which is the most famous thing he's known for, is this, uh, this theory we're going to talk about. There are basically five levels of needs that can be achieved. Um, so these aren't things that you will necessarily achieve, but they can be achieved. The big thing with this is the only way to move up a level in the hierarchy is, uh, which is in the shape of a pyramid. So just so you guys get a bit of a visual, it's uh, a pyramid. So we're going to start at the bottom level of the pyramid and work our way up. The only way to move up a level um, is to meet all the needs at the current level. So we're going to get a little more detail, but basically you can't move up the ladder until you that rung, both your feet are on that rung. So we're going to start with the lowest level, which is our basic needs. Um, and our basic needs consist of two parts. So first are our physiological needs, 
So these are going to be things like food, clean water, shelter, um, getting enough rest, and nutrition, uh, just in general. So beyond food, but anything else we need. Um, obviously, there are way too many people in the world facing poverty and famine, um, and they just get stuck at this level because you really can't move up if these very basic things are not being taken care of for you. Um, if you are lucky enough to have these needs met, then you are very possibly at the second level. So this is also basic needs. Um, and these are safety needs. So what do we mean by safety needs? Well, these are things such as financial security. So it doesn't mean that you're rich, but you, you definitely have enough money to live on. Um, a feeling of safety from things like accidents, injury, war, br brutality, uh, anything like that. And our health and wellness fall into the this category of safety needs. Now this may be where a lot of chronic illness warriors are at. So if you're listening and you aren't beyond that state, this stage, that is okay. Because it's really hard to move past it if you're not in good health. However, it is possible to move past it if you feel you have some control over your health or healthcare. So that is, what is basically what I'm saying is that your health doesn't have to be perfect to move past it. You don't have to be in good health to move past this stage, but you have to feel like you have a sense of control or um, over some aspect of your health. So whether it's your health itself or it's being able to take care of your health, being able to go to appointments, being able to do some of the at thing, oh home things we've been talking about in previous podcasts, those are ways that you can meet your needs at this level. So if you are able to meet these needs, then you're probably in the next stage, uh, which falls under psychological needs. So uh, this is, would be love and belonging first. This includes things like friendships, romantic relationships, being close with your family, belonging to a social or community group, like a book club or a sports team, uh, or going to church. These are all great things that can help fight against mental health problems like depression, and they're also great things uh, for social support, which you'll definitely be needing if you have a chronic illness. Uh, if you're thinking, hey, the hey, you know, these, these needs are being met too, you know, this is good, then you're probably on the next uh, part of psychological needs, which is esteem. Um, so things like self-esteem fall into this category. So at some point, self-acceptance is tied to self-esteem, though they are technically very different things. Um, I don't think that you can actually achieve self-esteem without self-acceptance, though. So at this level, um, you're feeling like you have a maybe are making a positive contribution in the world in some way, whether it's in your career, with school, hobbies, you know, maybe it's you know through family. I, anything you but you're feeling pretty good about what you're contributing to the world and now we're uh getting it to the highest level so this is the top level of the pyramid um and this is absolutely the heart uh hardest one to achieve um which is the self-fulfillment needs so this involves self-actualization so in this case you are truly achieving your full potential as a human being. If you are self-actualizing, you are probably extremely self-aware. Uh, you're probably on a journey of personal growth. 
you're most likely not worrying about what others are thinking about you. And you are definitely continuously trying to achieve more from your life. So it sounds like maybe this is a bit hard to get to, right? I'm, I'm sure a lot of people are thinking like, oh man, like I'm stuck way down low. I don't know if I can, can get up there. Like that's, or like maybe you're thinking that just takes a lot of work. So if I'm going to be really self-critical at the moment, I would say that I'm somewhere between esteem and actualizing. Um, I would like to say I'm more in actualizing, but I'm not sure that that's 100% true. Um, because I do still think of what, I still, sorry, I still care about what others think about me, um, perhaps a little too much sometimes, though I'm definitely getting better at that um, because ultimately it really doesn't matter as much as maybe we're taught or led to believe by society that it, it does. Um, and I'm always trying to grow. Um, I'm, I, I like the idea of self-actualization and I'm always trying to, to contribute more and self-actualize. And I'm, uh, I've been told I'm a very self-aware per person. So I that's why I'm kind of, I would say between the two levels right now. So if we did leave you behind at the safety needs level, that's totally okay. Remember you, you can't move on to the next level until those needs are taken care of at some point. So totally possible to move up, but there's also no, no rush to move up. Um, and you want to make sure that your needs are taken care of at each level in order to move up. So how do self-acceptance and illness acceptance play into this hierarchy? So as I mentioned, self-acceptance is definitely needed before you can hit the esteem level in, in the hierarchy. You can't really be proud of your accomplishments if you don't even accept who you are as a person. It seems kind of basic, I'm sure, but um, you know, it's, I think, a good point to be reminded of. I do want to back it up even further, though. So I think that both self-acceptance and illness acceptance are needed back at the security needs level. So again, this is probably where a lot of people are stuck right now anyway. So if you are able to accomplish both self-acceptance and illness acceptance, then it'll be easier for you to start to take the aspects of your healthcare that you can take into your own hands and do something about it. Um, so, which, you know, while you still have an illness, will make you feel more secure in yourself and what you can and cannot do because of your illness. Therefore, you're more likely to move up the hierarchy. So I hope that kind of made sense to everybody of how, how I kind of tied those together, but you basically need self-acceptance and illness acceptance to move, to help yourself meet your security needs so that you can move beyond them. Uh, I'm going to share with you a quote. So you're in pretty good shape for the shape you're in. And that quote is by Dr. Seuss. <laughs> um, which I mean, like, you know, you know, Dr. Seuss, amazing. Um, I'm sure a lot of you have, you know, grew up on his children's books um, and they definitely shaped a lot of people's love for reading and stories and, you know, Cat in the Hat and, and all that is classic. Um, and <laughs> truthfully, um, I found tons of Dr. Seuss quotes on the internet. Uh, he's he's good, full of good advice. Um, and what I like about this quote, it, you know, you're in pretty good shape for the shape you're in. This quote is really about illness acceptance, right? You're doing the best you can with your body and what's been thrown at you. Um, and you need to remember that. 
You know, don't take it from me. Take it from Dr. Seuss himself. I mean, he is a doctor, right? Uh, maybe. Anyways, um, let's talk about how we can improve our self-acceptance and then ultimately our illness acceptance. Because it's one thing to acknowledge that we need them. Um, but another thing to be like, okay, okay, Kelsey, like I'm listening to you, but uh, I don't actually know how to uh, start doing this stuff. I don't know how to improve my self-acceptance. I don't know how to have some illness acceptance. So here's what we're going to do. Well, let's start at the very beginning. You have to be nice to yourself. So how do you do this? Well, one thing is to watch your negative automatic thoughts. So those are the, the thoughts that come through your head that tell you you suck and that you're ugly and that you can't do anything right. And they're totally subconscious and you just, you, they go through your head and you don't even get a chance to think about them before they do. They just rush in there. But you need to start being able to catch them so that you can start reframing them into kinder words. So if you want more information on this, I would say go back and listen to the I suck feeling episode um, because I talk a lot more about um, those types of thoughts and how to reframe them. And tied to this um, is starting to practice self-compassion. So if you're compassionate with others, which I'm sure many of you are, the question you need to ask yourself is why aren't you being as compassionate with yourself as well? Now, hopefully you all are. But I'm sure there's people who out there aren't. So really just sit on that one for a moment. You also need to take on a positive attitude. So I do have an episode on, on this as well. So finding positivity in your illness, if you want to go back and take a listen at that, to that. Um, you need to be okay with the fact that you aren't perfect. Your body isn't perfect. And remember that the truth is no one is perfect. You also need to stop being offended by things that aren't personal. So if someone doesn't like this podcast episode that I'm recording, you know what? That's okay. It's not about me as a person. So if someone doesn't like something that you do, it's not about you. It may not even be about you at all. For example, I work in retail and I have to remind myself that when customers come and yell at me, it's not about me. They're mad at something that's happened, but ultimately if they're yelling, it probably does, it goes beyond what has happened in this moment or led them to be angry. Why are they coming in and being angry at a retail worker? Um, and if you're someone who does that, which I really hope none of you are, um, you really need to think about what else is happening in your life that's causing you to take it out on other people. So, um, you know, like I said, you really have to make sure that you're not taking these things personally. It's also really important to let go of guilt and practice forgiveness. Um, so these really go together because forgiving yourself is as important as forgiving other people. If you made a terrible mistake in the in the past, somewhere in your life before, you know, understand that you've learned from it and then you have to move on. And I know that's way easier said than done. Um, and this is probably a point where a lot of people do need personal therapy to kind of be able to move on. But, you know, it's not, it's not something that's impossible to do. And by practicing some self-forgiveness and forgiving other people, it'll just make self-acceptance so much easier. 
You should never feel like you have to fix yourself. So there's a big difference between fixing and growing. Personal growth isn't about fixing what you don't like about yourself. It's about learning from your experiences and moving in a direction that makes you more likely to reach your potential. So I never go back and say, oh, you know, I didn't really like all these things about myself, so I decided to fix them. No, I just took those experiences and then went, um, did some personal therapy and got some other healthcare practitioners and then just kind of went on this journey of like, I want to do more with my life. I want more out of my life. Um, and I don't want to be just somebody who has a chronic illness um, because I am more than that. And that's kind of how my personal growth journey started. Um, and it just evolved from there. So, you know, taking that attitude of like, I'm not going to fix myself. I'm going to grow as a person, which we all do anyway, um, is really what you have to do at this this point. Another really important thing to do is, you know, don't give up, you know, on yourself and you really need to believe in yourself because you can do amazing things even with a chronic illness. So, you know, how look at Stephen Hawking's. What would have happened if he had just said, hey, you know what? I've got diagnosed with this motor neuron disease. Um, so I really can't and nor should I bother doing any research or theorizing about the universe. Like, what's the point? Well, you know, we probably wouldn't have heard all his theories and, you know, a lot of science came from that and more theories came from that. And, you know, he had a big influence on, on how people think about the universe, but he could have just given up and he didn't. He continued to believe himself and his capabilities. And I mean, if anything, he might've even been more motivated. Um, I'm basing that fact just on... <laughs> on a movie but um but you know like it's hard to say but what I can say is that if you give up on yourself you really won't accomplish anything more and if you give up on yourself you really aren't practicing self-acceptance so finally if you're looking for some practical things to do because I really know that that's really what you guys are thinking okay I can you know I can not give up on myself and I try to be more positive um but uh what else can I do actually like physical things so there's a couple of things you can do. Um, so mindfulness of any type, doing meditations, deep breathing. They're all great ways to center yourself and they do increase self-acceptance and illness acceptance both. I've also heard that um, coloring has a really positive effect on self-acceptance as well. Um, I know that coloring is um, a really calming activity that a lot of people like when they're really stressed or if they have a lot of anxiety. So um, I can see how this might be tied to that as well. Um, but definitely, you know, maybe it's time to go out and buy some adult coloring books. I know I have a couple, super fun. Um, it's a good way to pretend you're good at art. <laughs> um, I really, you know, I, I hope everybody found uh, this information to be helpful. Thank you so much for listening today. Um, again, I would love if, uh, for everyone to review and rate the show. Um, it would really help give some great feedback so that I can bring you some more episodes on what you want to hear. Um, as for now, take care and stay safe. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Chronically Living Podcast. 
If you love this week's podcast, please subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Until next week, stay strong.